see how I'm just gonna have this queued up so I can make you mad. Wait, was that the new Taylor Swift song? I haven't listened to it yet. Like, I'm just. You haven't heard it yet? Brie. <laughs> so she was, was drinking and she just went like this amazing, epic Taylor Swift rant. Like, how she's just over it now. <laughs> she's like, I still love all her older albums. So it's like, she's just so petty now. And she's just like going in. She's like, just be a grown ass woman. Like, you're not even friends with Kanye and Kim. Why do you care? <laughs> She hates the first song. Look what you made me do. Yeah, I mean, it's not great, but I have an unironic love of Right Said Fred's Too Sexy for My Shirt, so, like, I can't help but sing the new Taylor Swift song. Great. That's literally the same thing. And they're having to give royalties. Yeah, the, for the interpolation, yeah. And also has that Peaches song that is, like, Taylor Swift's going, like, to that max level of, like, petty because they always call her a mean girl. Mm-hmm. And so you're obviously familiar with the movie Mean Girls. Right, yeah. And so the scene where they're getting ready for Halloween, that Peaches song is playing in the background. For Halloween, it's like it's a song that's like that. Doom, 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 doom. So she like, they sampled that song <laughs> for her new song to reference Mean Girls and how everyone thinks she's a mean girl. The Peaches, really? So Peaches like the band? Yeah. As iTunes just doesn't load. That's not surprising. <laughs> no need to research. That's all true. <laughs> and we can't click anything. It's broken. It's literally just broken. <laughs> I. But I didn't like the second single because it sounded like a bad version of Sleigh Bells. Yeah. But that's the new one. I like that one. It's. It's. it's I mean, like it, Gorgeous or something. Yeah. It's. It's. This album for me just feels. Hmm. It comes out in three weeks, and I feel like they've done like outside of the first single that when it came out, like no promo since then. Well, she's making an app. Oh my god. <laughs> That's where the promo is happening. That's why she just basically disappeared from social media for that one. She deleted her entire listen. Facebook page and Instagram page because she's making a Taylor Man. Swift lifestyle application. If I gotta start downloading lifestyle applications, <laughs> I, it's gonna be over for me. I really, I really hope Carly Rae does the exact opposite of that. God, I'm so excited. If Actually, she has, we uh, we already know she wouldn't make a lifestyle app. I. Would even take me thirty seconds before I download and. Oh, I would totally. <laughs> I would. There's so many in-app purchases. I'd be like, yes, yes. Bree's yeah. like, why do we have a hundred dollar bill from iTunes? So let me talk about this interactive lifestyle app. <laughs> so you buy you buy in in game in-app credits for at, better seats for better seats in the virtual concerts that Carly Rae performs in the application, <laughs> and then it's a VR component. So you hold up your phone yeah. and you can look around. She's gonna be like, I can't believe I married you. <laughs> what's what's that Peaches song? Is it this one? Yeah. My girls. Oh wait, no, this is a Christina Aguilera. Maybe it's this one. Still do the same beat. Yeah. No. This one. Triple bypass at the double A, triple X. Here it comes. 
Make sure you can hear It's me called uh, uh, Peaches Operate. And then motherfucker step up. Oh, there it is. Oh, on the soundtrack of Mean Girls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is... Yeah. 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 And so, like, that song is um. on Mean Girls, so obviously she also sampled that on top of the Red Said Fred song. It's just for, like, the max level of pettiness. Tilted stage, the... Yeah, it's a, it's, when it's, it's like the like, when you hear like the snare, yeah. yeah. Right there, right there, yeah. Like yeah. Crime, I don't hate it. I, I don't. The song's bad, but it grew me so much that I like it when it comes yeah. on. At the very least, it's a ridiculous song to drink to and just have a really good time to. Yeah. Like, who's not getting it in the club when that comes on? Yeah. Like, you just. On. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're on it. <laughs> you should take it as a compliment that I got drunk and made fun of the way you talk. It'll be interesting because, like, when Reddit, oh, when 1989 came out, obviously it sold a ton of, like, records, but, like, it was a critical darling, too. It got, like, really good reviews. Yeah. And so, like, I don't think that's going to happen this time around. <laughs> Obviously, she's still going to sell a trillion records. 1989 was such a, like, the big departure from her previous yeah. country-ish. It was her I mean, final Red, break point. Red like, kind of started it, for sure. But this was just, like, complete goodbye country. Hello, me being a complete, like, pop mm-hmm. star. And that album, for me, is just so, as a whole thing, so good. Yeah, I love 1989. I even have the Ryan Adams version of it on vinyl. It's okay. It's okay. You know, it's 1989. You might as well listen to a Taylor Swift version. <laughs> but uh, Brianna loves Ryan Adams, so I try to always get her first presses of all his records. Ooh, we can do some Taylor Swift deep cuts. Deep cuts. What does that mean? <laughs> I'm so glad this she's is not such an old song. Holy shit! So, um, one of my first introductions to Taylor Swift. So, <laughs> this is when this is in 2008, and so I'm still in, in college. And for whatever reason, like our friend, like me and my friends, we got like this weird obsession, ironic obsession with the Jonas Brothers. Oh God! So we got like super drunk and went to the Muncie Theater and saw their concert movie in 3D. She's the opening act for them in that movie. Are you serious? She, yeah, that's like when their first two, like the first record, or even her second record, she was an opening act for the Jonas Brothers. And so like, and this like, we're fucking wasted watching this movie. I'm like, oh my god, Taylor Swift popped out of the ground. I forgot she opened for them in this concert. So I'm seeing her play some country song in 3D. <laughs> But yeah, it's like it's like so weird though. Like outside of that story, just being weird in general. But her like opening for Jonas opening Brothers. Opening for Jonas Brothers. I can't only even... like nine years ago. Opening for Jonas. Like Jonas Brothers were a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then they then they just disappeared from existence. And, and she opened for them. <laughs> when was the first album? When was her first album? Let me see. What it had to be like oh five or oh six. Taylor Swift karaoke. Taylor Swift. Oh, God, you look so different. 2006. Yeah. Taylor Swift self-titled album. Yep. 
First track, Tim McGraw. Because uh, um, Fearless came out in 2008, because I remember buying that. You bought? Did you buy it on CD? Hell yeah. It wasn't out on vinyl yet. They repressed all her records on vinyl, but I'm not that extra to go get them all. I do have 1989 on vinyl, though. Do you have the 1989 Deluxe version from exclusively from Target? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Absolutely. I don't do intros anymore. That's fine. You want me to introduce myself? Uh, I mean, you can. Hi, Drew. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the show, I guess, now. Thanks. Are we doing the show? Is this the show now? We can start the show. All right. We'll put some of that in. Yeah. We'll have to cut off the part ban- of Taylor Swift. So, some good banter. Yeah. Um, what do we have there? Um, so I went to the uh, fancy beer store, and you said surprise me, so I got things that were hopefully surprising. Yes. <laughs> I have no idea um, what any of these are. Um, the first beer on deck is from Stillwater Artisan Ales. It's called Inseto. It's mm. uh, 5% ABV. And do you want the description or you just want to taste no, it blind? let's go for the description. Dry hop sour ale with Italian plum. I like all those things. I like my beer to be a little weird. This color's weird. <laughs> I wasn't. I was thinking it was going to be purple. See, that, I would have thought that was weird. I think we'd be drinking like crushed soda or something. Then crush is great. Grape soda. I know, and it's purple. Grape or orange soda? What's your favorite? Um, probably grape. If I want something orange tasty, I'll probably just have orange juice. Not like a Sunkist? Nah. What about Sunny D? Nah. No? Uh, Never a Sunny D fan? Uh, not really, because it was just like, I didn't like the texture of it. It was like a, it was like a distilled down. It was like Kool-Aid. <laughs> Kool-Aid, it's like Kool-Aid made orange juice. Right, that's made. what it felt like, or tasted like, and I felt like, but. Cheers. Cheers. Inseto. So it's pretty Pretty clear in general. It smells good. It smells sour. Definitely sour. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Very sour. Oh, yeah. I like it. I'd drink a whole bottle of this for sure. Not probably... Um, I'll... Preface this by saying I'm a beer novice, but this is probably something I'd more drink um, in the summertime. Yeah, it is um, the end of October, as you reminded me at lunch today, and I was still like had 80 a, fucking degrees. Had outside. a panic attack. Yeah, so it's still warm outside <laughs> here in Indiana. So yeah, this probably you know this fits perfectly. This I need I need to take a minute on this one. This one needs to settle for me because I don't know. I'm not a I like sour beers, mm-hmm. but something about this is not, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I like the design of the can. Like the, yeah, it's kind of like a, a white can with like abstract blue pattern with pink dots on it, which is interesting. Like mm-hmm. a, it would be like a really funky wallpaper. It would be. And the the typeface is very modern. You can't really see too much inseto. Dry hops are. Mm. 
Hmm. Mm. I need. I need a. I need a mo- hmm. minute to to taste this one some more because I'm not sure about this one. You're all for it. You're ready to go. I love alcohol. You're re- <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're you're really not a a big beer person in general. Um. Did no. the, uh, okay. Let me back up. You're back up. <laughs> you're not a uh, enthusiast. No. Okay. I'm not. I love to drink beer, but I'm not. If I'm at like the liquor store or the grocery store, and it's been over twenty, I'm not a guy who's gonna be there for twenty minutes trying to like find what he wants. Like, oh, this looks cool. Like, I have like OCD, and I also have ADD. And so it's like, all the acronyms. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes I'm like, like my puppy in a grocery store, like, oh, that's a really brightly colored. And I like the name of it. I'll try it. Yeah. It was like at the very worst, I wasted nine or ten dollars. Big whoop. Um, but yeah, I'm not like very much like ex- like trying to find new types of beers or like real enthusiastic about certain like breweries or companies. Um, but if you hand me something to drink, I'm going to drink it. <laughs> Which is a good attitude to have. Yeah. For the most part, you want to make sure you know the person yeah, who, yeah. who's giving yeah, you the beverage. As long as beverage. It's, it's you or like my wife or someone <laughs> giving me a drink, it's probably going to be okay. <laughs> Some like random person says, here, drink this. It's delicious. And then it's the clown from It. And you're like, oh. Thinking I'm not a child, though. He wouldn't eat me. Does he only eat children? Um, in theory, yes. <laughs> In theory. In the first part of the book, yes. Um, well, yeah, and then the second part, when they come back as adults, it doesn't want so much to eat them as, as much as they just want to destroy him so he doesn't eat future children of Derry. That's the town, Derry, Maine. So he doesn't, so he, the it, the it clown, Penny, Pennywise? He's, Pennywise, well, he's many different things. He's a demonic entity. So he, he takes on the form of whatever that child he's trying to prey on is scared of the most. Oh, so, so like in the book and in the movie, you see him in different forms. Like his most popular forms as the clown. So like most time, at least visually, in the movie, you see him as a clown. Mm. But they do go into like the other things. He can be like a leper, um, werewolves, uh, mummies, stuff like that. so. Whatever a kid's afraid of, that it the, the demonic entity turns into that to scare the kid because he just doesn't want to kill the kid. In the book and the movie, he talks about how like the fear is like the perfect marination. <laughs> like it like marinates the kid. Like they taste better if they're scared, but he is still eating them. Oh, absolutely. Like, in the movie, you see him waving a severed hand or arm in the movie. Yeah. He oh, goes, Hey, <laughs> Oh, and he's smiling. He's got blood all over his face. Uh-huh. You actually see the little boy in the beginning. They actually show his arm get ripped off. Oh my Okay. It could have been a lot worse. Spoiler alert. It's not really <laughs> a spoiler. It's not really a spoiler. We didn't really do that at the beginning <laughs> to say that we're spoiling it. To be fair, the book has been around for 30 years, so. Darth Vader is eh. Luke Skywalker's father. Yeah, man. And Snape killed Dumbledore. Right. What? Snape killed Dumbledore? Yeah. Damn it. Draco is just too scared to do it. <laughs> He didn't have the internal fortitude to kill Dumbledore. I remember reading that in a book and it was hard or no. I mean, I was like, "Eh, whatever, whatever. I never thought any of the deaths in the books were sad because I know some people would be like, oh, man, I'm so sad that so and so got killed. 
I mean, I'm just kind of almost heartless to a fault or like it doesn't bother me, but like I know my brother stopped reading the books when, uh, spoiler alert, Sirius Black is killed because he likes Sirius Black a lot. He's like, I'm done with this. That was what, five? Book five. He's like, I'm done. And I go, okay. And Bree was really sad. And so was my sister in the seventh book when Hedgewig right. is zapped to death. But I think we just like, I think we get more sad when an animal dies versus like an actual human. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, so, <laughs> like, it's like, a, like I was gonna say, like, I saw the movie It, and like, kids die or people die, and I was like, ah, oh. whatever. Man, I was at, we uh, visited my parents in North Carolina and we watched that movie, A Dog's Purpose. Oh, God. Bawling. I'm like, I'm like sobbing, choking on my tears. <laughs> like, this dog is about to die. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, like, I can't, like, I'm like, you have to pause the movie. Tears are going down Take my a face. Minute. I'm like I'm like choking sat like like you could be like looked like like wow Drew did both your parents just get shot did Bree die like no I'm watching this really sad movie about dogs <laughs> it's the hardest I've cried probably since I was like 15 wow it's I don't know there's something about like animals that like I hate to see them suffer <laughs> yeah because there's they're always so innocent in general yeah, man I mean humans are shit generally so it's like whatever yeah. we can use less of us you can't reason you can't you can't explain to a dog why things are happening Mm-mm. so then and I love my dog so much and then I just think of her and I'm like I never want you to die <laughs> yeah what well, was really shitty was the behind the scenes of the dog's purpose did you see all that controversy <laughs> oh no. so there was like spy cam footage or or phone footage of the set and there was this portion, I guess, in the movie, there's it's the dog swimming in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, they're in the city. That's that's the part that made me cry because that's when the dog dies. It gets shot. Oh. So, it's a police dog. Gotcha. So it's it's swimming and it like they're fake waves. It's like right. a wave machine and it's like free. The dog's like freaking out and like trying to get out. And it, it looks like in the original video, it looks like the handlers are like forcing the dog right. into the whack back into the water to film because you yeah, know, like <laughs> behind the behind on filming or whatever. And it came out later that they were sort of mistreating the dogs <laughs> and some people did get fired and there was some kind of boycott online to say, don't go see the dog's purpose. And the director been, got slammed, <laughs> even though he wasn't on set. And it was, I would be like, don't go see dog's purpose. Cause you're going to cry for weeks. <laughs> Sandler. <laughs> I got a, when I was in Los Angeles, I got drunk one night and um, rented You're My Boy, the Adam Sandler and Andy Samberg movie. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Vanilla Ice is in it. I'm sorry that you had to well, I was really drunk. spend your money fun. on that. It was a 99 cent red box rental. But then you got to return it to the robot machine. I didn't do that. You can get Switch games from Redbox now. That's what I heard. <laughs> Participating <laughs> Redboxes. <laughs> I can't believe I was at a uh, a Meyer uh, super s- s- multi store one Friday evening, and 
I was in the checkout and they have a red box inside. And I shit you not, there was a line of five people waiting at a red box. Red boxes are bumping, man. And I could not wrap my head around going to a red box in a grocery store or whatever. And then like tapping through the little thing and like renting a movie and getting a physical thing. Oh man, Spider-Man's out. (laughs) Oh, Spider-Man's on DVD. (laughs) And then taking that DVD and then like going home. And I don't even think I have a device in my home right now that could play a a DVD. Not a DVD for sure. No, maybe my my PS4 could. You could play Blu-rays. Can it play? I mean, you think it would be able to play a DVD. I assume it can play DVDs, but like. Might as well get the Blu-ray. Might as well get the extra 99 cents. $2 $2 rental right there. <laughs> You're already there. <laughs> it boggles my mind. I personally know someone who goes to Redbox every week, and that's my brother. He literally texts me and says, oh, hey, guess what? Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming is at the Redbox. I'm going to go rent it this weekend. What? I go, you can rent it. I like I Because last, last Christmas, Bray and I got him and his wife uh, a, a fourth-gen Apple TV. I'm like, you can just rent it. He goes, yeah, but it's like five bucks. Okay. <laughs> You're yeah. gassed to get to the place. Like, you have to go back. Twice. Gotta go twice. Right. It's <laughs> like, so just rent it. And you at least get 48 hours to rent it. I always have this conversation with people at work. Um, how, like, Americans or just, like, humans in general, like, have a hard time spending money on something they can't see. Like, something that's physical or tactical. Which is why our app store is so garbage at times because people mm-hmm. only want to download free apps. They don't. They don't understand the value. No one wants to pay for something that's downloaded. Right. Even though like it's probably an incredible app. There's a reason why it costs X amount of dollars. Same with like buying iCloud storage or something like that, or, or renting or buying from the iTunes store on your Apple TV. They don't tactically see it, so they're like, I just feel like I'm just throwing my money nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I mean, I. I am almost the opposite where I will more willingly pay for like digital content over like I bought an album of a band on Bandcamp yesterday. And really the only tactical thing I buy is vinyl. But other than that, like everything else I do is digital. So why vinyl? Um, Convince, convince me, convince (laughs) me. I don't think you're ever going to be convinced. Like it's hard to convince because it's not like, Obviously, if you're going for, like, the clarity or, like, audio super superiority, like, obviously, MP3 is always going to be better. Because when you're buying the vinyl, it's not just the record. It's you have to have the setup to play mm-hmm. the record. Like, yeah. if you get a record and put it on a shitty setup, then it's just going to sound gonna bad. It's awful. If you have a nice setup, it's, it's really nice. Um, it's more just, like, an immersive experience with your music is how I always explain it. Like, you had the, the big album art, lyric sheet. Like my setup, I have two three and a half foot floor speakers. I like I like really like a really vintage like Pioneer amp and everything. So like I have like a really good setup, and I just like it. I just like being able to put on record. I like the the warm sound, the cackles. I just like it's just very it's something I've been doing since I was in college. Mm-hmm. So like it's hard to break out from that, I guess, because like streaming music wasn't really a thing then until most recently. Because I don't like Spotify didn't really start happening until after I got out of college, right? I already had a huge collection by then. It's just like, and it's just like, do you like to collect things? Do you have like a collector's mentality for certain things? Um, I mean, kind of. I guess I would. Be, it would be Lego. Yeah. So like, hey, that's me. fine. I love Legos too. 
I mean, there's like there's also that the collector mentality because there's different album covers, alternate right, art right. variants, out of 100, 200, et cetera, et cetera. So there's that part of it too that's really thrilling. And it's not just the practicality of the thing; it is. It's impractical. It's yeah. super expensive, but I love it. Because <laughs> you gotta make sure that they don't get you store them correctly. Absolutely. And, you know, the more the ironic thing is, the more you play them, the worse that they get. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's it's a. <laughs> it, there's a funny comic that's like, "What what drew me to vinyl? Well, the impracticality and the expensiveness of." It. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's um, like you know, it's like people who buy, um, to a certain extent, like fancy watches mm-hmm. and watch collectors mm-hmm. where realistically a you know $50 Timex watch is going to do the exact same thing as your phone th- you know $5,000 right. Seiko or yeah, some kind of I don't know watch brands my $10,000 Apple Gold edition right yeah first generation <laughs> rest in peace um, <laughs> but it's it's those people who are buying and like the different variants. Like you talk to people who buy like Rolexes and they've got, Oh, I've got this vintage like sixties Rolex right. and I've got this, you know, more modern day Rolex, but this one is my favorite because right. it has like X, Y, and Z and there's like a story behind it. And it's not just, I mean, some people buy, definitely buy watches as jewelry as like status symbols, but mm-hmm. then it's the people who really have a passion for yeah, something that they, they can explain to you why the purchase was done mm-hmm. uh, beyond just, oh, well, I had yeah. the money and I just mm-hmm. bought it. Yeah. Sometimes vinyl is like a minor investment too. Like I've made thousands of dollars off my vinyl collection <laughs> over the years. Um, From like flipping and selling yeah, records. Like, and like never like – it's never intentional that I want to flip it. But it's like, for example, I had a limited clear variant of the last Bowie record. mm and like I know it, I bought it because I just wanted a clear record, um, and then he unfortunately died. Right, and then people were like, "Yeah, they people were like because it sold out." People were like, "I'll spend four hundred dollars for a copy of this." So I was like, "Okay, <laughs> why not?" Yeah, like, I'm not like intentionally trying to flip, but like if you're gonna give me five, four or five hundred dollars for something I spent twenty dollars on, I'll just go get a different copy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and do so you, do you have an estimate of how many records you have? Do you have like a catalog of? It is cataloged. I haven't cataloged um, in the last like month or so, um, but it's it's healthy. It's in the healthy two hundreds. Okay. Um, I went through like when I first started. Like that's the hardest part. Like when you first start collecting anything, you just want to buy it all. Yeah. You're just like, yeah, I don't really want to listen to this, but I just want it. It's so, like the first couple of years was just like too much. Like I just would buy like three or four records every week. And it's like, I can't even listen to that much music in a week. Yeah, you get overwhelmed by <laughs> Yeah. So now it's more of like, you know, just buying what I want. So it's a little more refined. But that happens with any time you start collecting anything, I think. Yeah. I I recently fell into that. I have too much music, even though it's in the Apple Music virtual space. But like, You're I add... Digital pack rat. <laughs> yeah, I, I add stuff to my library and mm-hmm. then I go back and I'm like, God, I didn't realize I had all of this albums <laughs> right, on here. Right. Like, Apple what? music makes it so easy. Why too. did I? Like, yep. 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 I'll it, listen to this sometime this week. Yeah. <laughs> especially if I'm on, if I've been like listening to beats one or something yeah, and I'll just be like, Oh, this is really cool. And then you just go on the home screen, tap the plus button and then yeah. it's added to your library and you may not listen to it for another two months. Right. Yeah. The discovery portion, that's like the ease of adding anything. 
is what's really nice about streaming music. Yeah. And and I don't feel bad that I'm not listening to stuff because it's not like I'm buying individual albums off right. iTunes. I'm not dropping ten, twelve, fifteen dollars every time. Every You're time. Spending ten dollars a month. Yeah. I did buy the Super Mario uh, Odyssey theme song though. <laughs> on iTunes. I haven't listened to it. It's only on iTunes. It's, it's only on iTunes. They get get that, that's how they get you with the theme songs, man. It's really good. I had two dollars on my iTunes account, and I was just like, "I'm bye." <laughs> yeah, I I uh, added um, an anthology set of John Carpenter's movie themes from 1974 to 1998, and so we're all sitting in the car today, and Bree's like, "What are we listening to?" I go, "Oh, we're listening to the theme from." Um, the fog <laughs> she's like what okay it's like this is a collection of uh all of john carpenter's uh big movie themes from 74 to 98 she goes whatever like, <laughs> she's like I, sometimes she's like why I don't, she's like how has this happened to me <laughs> so i've let this beer sit for a little bit on my palate and i'd say it's definitely if you like sours, this would be interesting. I'm not getting a ton of plum notes. And it's really, really, really carbonated. Yeah, it is. I noticed that right away. And that's maybe my off-putting for it. Yeah, I don't need that carbonation in my alcohol. It's it's super bubbly. It's just all over bubbles. It's like, what, are we having a Mike's Hard right now? Right. <laughs> Man, I'm 16 all over again. <laughs> I like it, though. I think next time, if I can't make a decision at the liquor store, I might just grab this because I've had it, tasted it now. <laughs> it's definitely not super sweet, which is nice. It's mm-hmm. not overpoweringly. It's not getting to the realm of soda. Yeah. Which right. some sour beers that I've had in the past are just straight up sugar bombs. Right. Where this actually has some sort of hop character. It's a little bit more earthy. doesn't really... Blow out my palate, mm-hmm. which yeah, I liked it. You buy it again if I you can find it. If I if I see it, I'll probably buy it. Yeah. <laughs> the hard thing about with like some of the beers that we have on the show is that it's very. This will not be in the. I mean, it may be in the local liquor store, but no, well, maybe. You would know more than I would. <laughs> I'm trying to think what liquor stores I go to, and I'm like, I just go to fancy, really weird liquor stores. That would probably definitely have that stuff. Right, (laughs) right. All right, let's do another beer. Let's. Wait, so are you not podcasting anymore? You kind of are. Um, I just do it when I have free time. I'm like a special guest now. Because you write for... Um, right now I write for my friend's site. Well, it's a, well so I've been writing in like 2003. Um, Jason Tate, my friend, he created this website in his basement called AbsolutePunk.net. And then in like... Oh, five or 2008 even buzz media bought it and buzz media is like with like buzz, like not buzzfeed, but, um, 
Buzznet. Yeah, I don't know if I remember Buzznet or anything like that. Buzznet. Yeah, huh. before BuzzFeed. And so, and BuzzFeed's unrelated. Then they bought Spin mm. and, um, what's the hip-hop one? The Source. And they had a bunch of other entertainment sites. And so they rebranded their Spin Media. So that's when I lived down in Los Angeles. I was writing for, I was the editor for AbsolutePunk.net under that Spin Media umbrella. Gotcha. And then they made bad investments and let go of everybody. That's how I ended up here in Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> then um, he bought, Jason bought his website back from them because they own all the rights. Mm-hmm. And he just changed it to uh, chorus.fm. So he wanted to get away from like being pigeonholed. It's just like a punk site because it's like we cover so much more than that. And so that way he can... Uh, really post whatever he wants. Like it's still music oriented, but he'll post whatever he wants. And so when I have time, I'll still freelance for him and write reviews and interviews and features and stuff, which I, I, I love doing. Um, do you have, so you just do across, across the board, any genre like you, you personally yeah. write. Yeah. All right. I, I will write about anything that sounds good to me. Um, I'm really, my music taste is like very eclectic. So, um, I guess I'm lucky that I have a, a okay skill of being able to write about different genres and styles of music, which is nice because it probably get boring. Just always writing about the same type yeah, of style. I would feel like <laughs> I would just lose my mind. Uh, two weeks ago, review Circus Survive, The Amulet. Yes, that was me. It was you. Yes. Uh, three months ago, Manchester Orchestra, a back. A Black Mile to Surface review. Yes. That was you as well. That was me. Then before that, I did uh, for a band called Tiger's Jaw. Yep. Um, Yeah, so, but I just don't have enough as much time, so it's more like one or two every couple of months um, because I'm just doing it out of the love of my heart for Jason's website. Yeah, (laughs) and then on the podcast every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, because I actually started that podcast, the Absolute Punk podcast with him, and so that's what we did when we were in L.A. And we got to 100 episodes, and they rebranded to Encore, again, to get away from, like, that that um, punk kind of style. Right. Just so you're not, like, pigeonholed and be like, people are like, oh, I don't like punk rock. I'm not going to listen to this. That way, like, Encore, Chorus, like, it's just more general. General music sort of. Yeah. Podcast sort of thing. Hell yeah. And you're verified on Twitter. I am verified on Twitter. Which I'm totally jealous of. <laughs> that was a big day in the Behringer household. Like... I don't know. I just woke up one day and I had an email and like, like my, I would turn on my phone and like my notifications were like miles long. I'm just like, what happened? I checked my, it was like, you've been verified by Twitter. And so like, <laughs> and there's like this weird thing. Like pe- there are people who are verified on Twitter. Like you're like, I don't know what you are, or what you do, mm-hmm. but they just follow anyone who's verified. So right. I, I like, I like that run of like people who are verified just following me. Cause I'm also verified. Um, but in my verify, in my Twitter app, I have a new section in my mentions that show all my retweets and replies and likes from verified people. So it'll say, it'll say all oh, mentions and it'll say verify. Oh, <laughs> wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's like the little secret, like cool yeah. kids club of Twitter. Absolutely. And then what's cool is obviously, um, 
being verified if I tweet about a certain like topic or subject, it shows up more on people's searches, like when they search in it. Right. Too, you're, so. you're pushed up towards yeah. the top. You're an influencer now. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> you're a music critic influencer. Influencer. Put that on my card. <laughs> yeah. An influencer. Influencer. People will start sending you free things because you're an influencer. Speaking of what is this, uh, our next beer on deck is. Um, um, a foggy night in the forest. A foggy night in the forest. It's called Sur Sur Motueka. S U R space M O T U E K A. Um, this is from a brewery called Tule. Like the band, I guess, but not spelled like the band. T O an O with a slash through it L. Hmm. No idea. No idea. Um, it looks cool, though. It looks really cool. The can is really cool. I've picked it up just because the can. It's like some abstract sort of watercolor, purpley, foggy day sort of thing. It is an American-style pale ale that we know. All right. Other than that, I have no information <laughs> about this beverage whatsoever besides... <laughs> It comes in a pint can. So, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Smells like a pale ale. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I like it. I like it more than the, the last one. There's something there. Hmm. It's like pleasantly balanced. There's not a ton of like hoppy character to it. And so it's just sort of, but it's got a nice sort of hold, mm-hmm. I guess, if I'd have to explain it that way. That makes sense. I'm going to take another It's second. very consistent. Mm-hmm. I like that in my beer when it's like, hey, the flavor I taste initially still tastes how it tastes at the end. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely like a complete American pale. Yeah, if I saw this, I would never be able to be like, liquor clerk, get me the beer. (laughs) Sir, (laughs) liquor clerk. What are you looking (laughs) at? Sir, excuse me, sir. I'm verified on Twitter. I'm verified on Twitter. (laughs) Do you know who I am, sir? (laughs) Sir. What like, is this? I need I need the beard. You know, it's kind of like a purpley green mist by wood. Like, oh yeah, I know where that one. Yeah, is. yeah, yeah, that one, that one, that one's <laughs> that's it. Uh, where was I at? I was at a fancy, um, as a delivery, which is like a fancy restaurant bar place over the last weekend. Hell yeah! And, I love fancy restaurant bar places too. And I. Go up to the bartender and he's like, oh, you know, what would you like? And I'm looking at the beer list. And I'm like, oh, I'll do a, something from um, Rheingeist out of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And he goes, okay. Hands me a can. And I go, okay. That's kind of <laughs> weird. I mean, this place isn't, it's not, it's pretty sort of like new and hipstery. And right. they've got $14 cocktails, that kind of level of stuff. Hell yeah. But then he just sort of, here's a can of 
this. This. And I'm like, okay. And we go back downstairs and somebody in our party turns around and looks and it's just like, did you bring your own beer? <laughs> I'm like, no, we just gave me the can like this. They must have been out of glasses. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. You know. A restaurant out of glasses. Oh. We just all broke them. They just fell everywhere. We just threw them on the ground is what happened. <laughs> exactly. So speaking of sports, sports entertainment. Sports entertainment. You know why you're here. Hell yeah. Give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) Wrestling. Oh yeah. Where to start? Where to start? I have not been watching very recently. Okay. I've been, I kind of fell off the, I fell off the wagon. I was doing really well. I was watching Monday Night Raw on a consistent basis. It's a lot. There's a, looks like there's a lot of football. There's a lot. There's a lot of wrestling. (laughs) And I subscribe to the. Network. The network. That's the best $10 you could spend a month. I watched WrestleMania. Good. Live. All All of it. All 18 hours. All of it. (laughs) It's so long now. At a bar with a few friends of mine. And let me tell you, when we left. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I didn't realize how late in the evening. (laughs) Well, that's a whole other thing. With WrestleMania now, like they just try to get every wrestler on the card. So they're like. We want everyone to wrestle. We don't care if this is seven hours long versus like even like five years ago. It was like it's still going to be a three or four hour show with just our best wrestlers. But now they just want to put like uh, every wrestler on it. Because, I mean, it's only it's it's only streaming like you can only get WrestleMania on pay-per-view and, and stream. Yeah. And on the app. So, I mean, yeah. they don't care if they don't care if it's four and a half hours long. People are still going to watch it. Yeah. For that long, especially on streaming, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just like, it's hard for me, like, if I, like, want, like, a friend or, like, even, like, my wife to watch it and they're not, like, into it like me, it's hard to be like, hey, you want to saddle up and watch uh, five to seven hours (laughs) of something you're not really into? (laughs) Well, that is WrestleMania. That's, like, the event. That's, like, the Super Bowl of of the WWE. Or the Super Bowl is the WrestleMania football, as I like to call it. Super Bowl. What? The Super Bowl is the WrestleMania of football. Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. I see what you did there. So, so is that like the last pay-per-view event you watched? Yes. And then I watched a smattering of Raw every once in a while. I kind of kept up with... That's all you need for Raw. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even really I, watch Raw. I just like... I just read a synopsis the next day. The best Raws to watch are is the Raw or SmackDown after a pay-per-view. Right. And then the Raw or SmackDown right before the next pay-per-view. Whatever happens in the middle is just kind of like... Because mm-hmm. a lot of times it's always pushing to two or three weeks out from the storyline. Yeah. There's usually... There's always a, a pay-per-view. It's usually every... Between three and five weeks. Yeah. I'm trying to... It, I'm wondering how long USA has the contract for SmackDown and, they, and Raw. Raw. They just re-upped with it. That's a big moneymaker for USA. One, it's the only thing I know that's on USA. Do you think that the fan base of the WWE would still be as large and as fanatical if they took off 
Raw and SmackDown off of cable and exclusively only had pay-per-views in the in the app? Maybe. I think, I mean, Raw and SmackDown are still really important to, like, developing stories and character lines. Right. I'm not saying that. I'm saying what if they took, oh, what if, if they're they gone for cable? On, what if they still put them on the app? Still put on the app. Still, you could still watch Raw Monday nights. You could still watch SmackDown Tuesday nights. I would, I think but wrestling I mean, fans would prefer that. Um, one, that probably make the subscription a little bit more expensive. But WWE will lose a lot of ton of like they lose all the advertiser money though. Like that's with true. USA USA makes a lot of money off of them too. So it's like a really they get a lot of their money from that television deal still. Yeah, and that makes sense. Um, but yeah, TLC is tonight. TLC is tables, tables ladders, ladders, and chairs. <laughs> Funny antidote for that. A couple years ago, they had a match for TLC. It was going to be a stairs match between like um, Big Show and someone. So for one year, they called it TLC and stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, TLC and stairs. Yeah, that's like the I- ad match said TLC and stairs. So was, was that like the metal stairs that they have on the yeah. corner of the rings? The aluminum stairs. Jeez. They Damn. had a stairs match. It was not great. They w- they walk up like two <laughs> steps and then jump off. Well, they start wrestling like normally, like, oh, we can use stairs. <laughs> and they start throwing chucking stairs at each other. <laughs> it wasn't well thought out. Um, but yeah, TLC is tonight. Um, I think it's in Minnesota. They were, uh, they were in Indy. Raw was in Indy two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. October 9th. I was there. Saw the Shield reunited. It was great. This was a big deal, the Shield. It is a big deal. It still is. It's just, that's what kind of makes tonight bittersweet because of all the sickness going through the locker room. The actual sickness. Like, the not actual, a storyline, no, but, like, people actually have some kind a of character. infection. They have a viral infection um, <laughs> where Roman Reigns got it. So, like, the Shield reunion's not happening tonight, of course. Because the Shield is Roman Reigns. Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose. And, and Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. And so, why do Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns look exactly the same? A lot except of one of them, <laughs> except one of them is slightly bigger. One's the Papa, one's the Son. Right. <laughs> Who has the sleeve tattoo? Uh, that's Roman. Roman Reigns. Yeah. And then the the other one, Dean. No, the other the one, Seth. Yes, he's really in the CrossFit. He is he the architect? Yes, the man, the architect. Seth okay, Rollins. gotcha. Roman Reigns is the big dog. Their hair is so similar. I feel like they need to work on <laughs> one costume in between those two. Because Dean, Am- or Dean Ambrose, Dean Ambrose, he's like the crazy guy. He's, he's the, the guy who like wrestles in jeans, which is hilarious. He's referred to as the lunatic fringe. Yeah, he's cool. He can stay his character. Jeans Ambrose. Jeans <laughs> There was a rumor going on many years ago on the IWC, which is short for Internet Wrestling Community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for whatever reason, Not, why do they have to have an acronym <laughs> for that? For whatever reason, this nickname, like early, like it was like twenty, like right after they debuted, so it was like twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen, and people started like calling Dean Ambrose the <laughs> the Titty Master. Okay. And so I was watching this old pay-per-view. I was watching old shield matches where they come down the stands and like right when they stop, this man pops up behind him with a sign that says Dean the Titty Master Ambrose. <laughs> but I had to take a screenshot and I was like, I can't believe that got into the arena. What? <laughs> yeah. 
It's just like a funny thing that people decided on. Apparently, Dean Ambrose is, is a fan of bosoms. Okay. So. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, so The Shield is not happening tonight, which is bittersweet for me. It's bittersweet because Roman Reigns' replacement is Kurt Angle. He's a Hall of Famer. He's currently the Raw general manager, and he hasn't wrestled for WWE. He's kind a, of an old guy. He's in his probably 50s. <laughs> I mean, comparatively yeah. to the breast of... The cast? Yeah. Do we do, do, do you, do, do people say cast? Not, no. Because then it's, <laughs> then it implies of the theater. They've been, the theater. <laughs> they have been, over the last couple years, they have been blurring the line between like reality and like the storyline and stuff like that. Somebody picked up an ambulance and flipped it. Yeah, I saw Braun that. Stroman, yeah. So <laughs> Roman Reigns was in that ambulance. <laughs> Um, was he? <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the fact that he could pick up an ambulance, though. I mean, good for him. <laughs> so, yeah, Kurt Angle's replacing him tonight, which is really exciting for, like, wrestling nerds like me because Kurt Angle hasn't wrestled for WWE in 11 years. Basically, he hasn't wrestled because his, his neck is put together by, like, paper clips and scotch tape <laughs> and... The reason why like, he was able to get over the pain because he had a crippling drug addiction that he just got over a couple oh, years ago. <laughs> so it's a really heartwarming lots story. Of, lots of layers. So, <laughs> so they're like, let's this guy who we wouldn't let wrestle in 2006 because he thought he would kill himself. Let's bring him back in a tables, ladders, and chairs match. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> so we'll yeah. see what happens. Um, How are they going to spin this? Because this is. When 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 did we find out that the shield as a whole wasn't going to be a TLC? Friday, two days ago? <laughs> Damn! So they they are they they're like scrambling. Like all their storyline was built up to this. So like it'll be interesting to see how they transition this tonight. Like how the announcers explain it and how Raw goes tomorrow. Um, but I think just to, like the hype of Kurt Angle wrestling is enough to overcome whatever shortcomings there is in the story. And the other big deal is like Bray Wyatt. <laughs> so Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor are wrestling. And <laughs> explaining it is just like the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> uh, Finn Balor has a persona called the Demon. Where he, Have you seen this? Like where he wears the face paint and yes. stuff? Okay. Yes, his like alter ego right. based on his alter ego. Yes. And so um, Bray Wyatt, since he came in as the, with the Wyatt family back in like 2013 or 2014 – is like possessed by something called Sister Abigail. She's right. A demonic, okay. Back on the topic of demonic entities. Uh-huh. And so they were building up like this, like Finn was going to be the demon. And apparently Bray, like Sister Abigail, like inhabits the soul. And, and the makeup and the graphics are really bad because he kind of looked like Charlie Brown looks like <laughs> when he dresses out for Halloween. <laughs> okay. Um, and then they showed this graphic of like, Finn Balor's like demon kind of looked like a pumpkin, and Bray Wyatt looks like Charlie Brown Halloween, mm. and someone made a graphic of like actually Jack Skeleton versus Oogie Boogie. Uh. It's like Loser Leaves <laughs> Halloween Town. So that's what was supposed to happen tonight, <laughs> but instead Bray Wyatt got sick, and he's being replaced by AJ Styles, who's one of the greatest wrestlers in the world, and he exclusively wrestles on SmackDown. So he's coming. They're, that's how bad they're scrambling. They're bringing a guy from SmackDown to wrestle on a Raw pay per view. Um, oh, so I didn't. Re- okay, so there's like SmackDown pay per views and like Raw yeah. pay per views. I'm like late in late in 2016, they did a roster. They do this every couple like five or eight years. Where they do like a, a, a 
a brand split. So like more, it's like people will watch both shows because you're like, oh, like my favorite wrestlers are like Seth Rollins and John Cena. Well, Seth Rollins is on Raw, John, John Cena is on, on SmackDown, okay. so I got to watch both shows. Gotcha. So that's what they do. So AJ Styles is the star of SmackDown. He's a SmackDown exclusive wrestler, but they're scrambling. They want to like bring the hype out because he's one of the best wrestlers. So he's wrestling Finn Balor tonight. And but actually, not Finn Balor as a demon. Apparently he's going to be the demon still. We'll see. Mm. <laughs> mm. But what's interesting is like before either Finn Balor or AJ Styles came to WWE, they wrestled in a new Japan professional wrestling and they were part of the bullet club. Um, so Finn Balor was the leader of the bullet club originally. And then when you go to WWE, he gets um, excommunicated and the new leader who did that was AJ Styles. He was leader of the Bullet Club after Finn. Oh, what's the Bullet Club? Um, it's his faction. <laughs> so we'll rewind it back. You remember in like the '90s, um, D Generation X, Triple H, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, two words for you, suck it, like stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So the Bullet Club is kind of based like off that kind of faction, but they like do like too sweet, like NWO, DX kind of like they're like right, like respecting like the old gimmicks of. Um, past wrestling with their own gimmick bullet club. Gotcha. Okay. And so like a lot of famous wrestlers were like Finn Balor's in it. Who's in WWE now. Then AJ Styles was in it. Anderson's and Gallows, who's a tag team in WWE were in it. And currently like there's actually a really good article I read about like how like people can leave WWE or don't not even feel a need to wrestle there anymore and still make big bucks. Um, Cause there's this tag team called the young bucks who are part of the bullet club and if you go to your local Hot Topic, there's Bullet Club merch everywhere. These guys are making a ton of money, and they own all the rights to it. Gotcha. But, yeah, that's the history. That's the two former Bullet Club <laughs> leaders going head-to-head tonight, too. Huh. Lot of, lot, okay, just there, a lot. There's a lot. I'm telling you, I can spin. There is tales. a lot going on with wrestling. There's, always, there always, there's so many different promotions. And, like, the way, like, the Internet is these days – um, it's easy to be like, yeah, I don't really like WWE. I want to watch Ring of Honor or like New Japan Wrestling, where there's a lot of like really good talent because like they have their own streaming services too now. Yeah, like where back like in like even like five or seven years ago, you couldn't without like <laughs> watching like syndication or like or- ordering imported DVDs from <laughs> right. Japan or something. Have like a special Japanese yeah. DVD player. So there that's is like a lot, and that's like the power of the internet. It's allowed us to like see any promotion we want at any wrestler at any time. We're like WWE is still like the biggest game in town, obviously. But people love to watch New Japan now. Um because Cody Rhodes, do you remember remember um Stardust? Yeah. So he left yeah. He left exactly that, the hands. He left he left WWE <laughs> and he's in he's exclusively a Ring of Honor wrestler and he's part of the Bullet Club. So, like, these people can leave WWE now and still make a huge living just based on how popular wrestling's gotten globally and with the internet and Twitter and everything like that. Yeah. But, um, Drew, Drew you know that, um, wrestling's fake, right? <laughs> what? That's <laughs> <laughs> always... <laughs> it's always funny. I'm like, hey, like, when people said to me, I'm like... And then the next day they're like, yeah, man, that Iron Man movie is awesome. I go... Did you know Iron Man's fake? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like, it's the same thing. Like, I'm not like sitting at home like, oh my God, that was real. <laughs> like, 
like literally we're just talking about a match where a guy is, is dressed up as a ghost facing a guy painted as a demon. Like I know it's not yeah. real life. It's soap operas for men. Like, 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 yeah. like, which is fine. It's, I watch it for the story. I like the stories of it. Uh, it reminds me just like growing up, like my dad always, we always grew up watching wrestling, Hulk Hogan, Randy, Randy Savage, all that stuff. And it was a big part of like, the 90s like with uh, oh, yeah. stone cold and rock like everyone watched it so now we've got the new day yeah new day man they're on smackdown the new day definitely rocks uh, <laughs> uh, they're my favorites <laughs> it's hard to dislike them like they're one of the most over acts in all of wrestling like you know when you get to a point where you're like super popular and over where you don't have to win like the championship anymore yeah like that's kind of like where you know you've made it like they'll still win the titles every now and then but they don't need a title to get over with the fans. They're just over because they're they awesome. Didn't, they didn't even wrestle at WrestleMania. No, they were the hosts. And then we saw them like three times. Yeah. We like, introduced the Hardy Boys, which is awesome. That's true. That was awesome. Nostalgic pop. Yeah. I love the Hardy Boys. You know, um, Jeff Hardy hurt his shoulder, so he's out for like six or eight months now. They're, they're an older tag team, too. They're... They originated from like... There. Yeah. They're old because they first made their break it in like the... Smackdown, like the Rock and Stone Cold eras, like late nineties, early two thousands, and they also went through drug addiction. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> so. If you were a wrestler in the nineties, so like unless you became the Rock, you probably got addicted to drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. And that was the year um, Usher's Yeah was released. Wow. So it was like a new song. And it got played like 10 times per school dance. <laughs> like just over. Like it was like they started the dance of that. They closed yeah, the dance of that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. What was the Windows to the Wall? That one. Oh, uh, yeah, that was a uh, little John. Yeah, yeah. They that, that came out sh- right before too. That's that was played at our school too. It was always had the weird, like, censored version, but then everybody at the dance would scream the yep. actual lyrics. Stuff they didn't, they never, the radio never edited it out, skeet, 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 and I don't think they, because they knew what that was. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> and I went to a, I went to like a private Christian school and I was like, hmm, interesting choice. <laughs> So the values of the Lord are being shown in this little John song. <laughs> they didn't want to pay the uh, the royalty fees of the more censored version. Oh man! Uh, speaking of censor um, TV shows that I'm currently watching right now, Mr. Robot is back. Oh, that's on USA. So that's, that's the other thing. That's USA another show that, along with wrestling. Yeah. So you get you get Monday night, you get Raw. Tuesday night, you get SmackDown. Wednesday mm. night. Mr. Mr. Robot. Robot. <laughs> so Mr. Robot comes on at 10 p.m. And so far in the last two episodes, they've dropped the F-bomb. Yeah. FCC once. It care. was only once. But I, I thought I was I was kind of <laughs> sort of surprised that they could do that. Well, so when I was in college, I was a communications major and um, I had to take a media law class. So I learned all about those FCC regulations <laughs> So, like, after 10 p.m., it's, like, they're pretty lax. So you can, like, on language, violence, certain sorts of nudity. Yeah. 
And so they can get away with, like, an F word. Um, that's why you see, like, so many shows on, like, AMC and, like, FX, like, after 10, like, why they can so freely say, like, shit and stuff like that because the FCC media laws are very lax after 10 p.m. Because it's, like, not the family hour anymore, so an unsuspecting child can't hear such vulgar words. Right. Huh. <laughs> Even though I probably hear worse words at school. That's true. That's <laughs> true. That's how I learned all my swear words. <laughs> uh, our last beer is quite a big beer. Uh, this is from Stone Brewing. Um, it's an Imperial Double. It's called Woot Stout. Woot. Woot spelled in the proper way with two zeros, not two O's. Two O's. In the cool elite speak way. <laughs> it's 13% ABV and it's got 65 IBUs in it. And apparently... Drew Curtis, Will Wheaton, and Greg Koch. I have no idea. I guess there's, there's th- these three people helped. Will Wheaton's like a Star Trek nerd. Yeah, he's like a he's like a Star Trek guy, isn't he? I think so. I don't know. It's a ale brewed with pecans, uh, wheat, and rye, one quarter aged in bourbon barrels. Hmm. All that sounds great. This is very dark and very big. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. I could use that in the morning. That's like, like way Whoa, too Oh dear. <laughs> it's like peanut buttery. Yeah. Almost. Is it is this what you would call a dessert beer? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I taste that like that. Because like because you said it had like pecans in it, right? Yeah. Pecans. Pecans. Big old pecans. Wait, what did you say? Pecans? Pecans. Pecans. <laughs> I think it tastes great. But I definitely taste that peanut butter sensation. <laughs> yeah. Stouts and dark beers are always the hardest for people to get, I guess, because it's always kind of terrifying. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it is. It is. They can be really, really heavy, and some people just can't. I love dark beer. Again, being from Wisconsin, so when I turned of legal age, my dad was then drinking a lot of, like, stouts and dark beers. So, like, mm-hmm. that was just what was in the house. So I was like, yeah, I'll just drink that. <laughs> so I uh, developed a taste from it from the very, when I, like, when 21, 22. Yeah. So it's like Guinness or. Yep. So, like, it doesn't, like, I just like it. It, it never feels, like, too dark or heavy for me, but that's because I started drinking it, like, immediately. <laughs> yeah. It definitely depends on not just the the heaviness and the sweetness, but, like, ABV for me, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of darker beers are going to be higher alcohol percentage, and sometimes, for me, that alcohol cuts through too much. Right. Like, it tastes boozy, <laughs> which not in a good way. Right. So, you know, like, you have a good cocktail or something, sure. and it tastes boozy, and you're like, oh, yes, this makes sense, because right. that kind of... You're a cocktail. You're a cocktail. <laughs> it's kind of how what you're supposed to be doing, where if it's in a beer and it tastes boozy, it almost feels fake to me. Right. That's fair. That makes sense. I don't know why. I'm also getting the, the uh, mysterious metallic taste that I always get off of. <laughs> don't know why. <laughs> uh, dark beers with like deep roasted malts. For some reason, I always get like a metallic taste in my mouth, like from a, like a spoon. 
<laughs> kind of, yeah. Like I just sucked is on a spoon. Is it just like so? Let me armchair psychologist. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's well, like, how well, is it? so like when you're like, or even now, like when you like, do you ever like eat peanut butter off a spoon? Like on a regular basis, or no, have I like, ever? Like or like growing up? Yeah, not like, really. No. Oh, okay, because that could be like like oh yeah, you like you like taste that peanut butter in the like kind of in the beer, and so oh, like you like so it brings back like that like, childhood's like memory of like having peanut butter off a spoon, and it brings that metallic taste afterwards. Like, hmm. I don't know if it's that because it's been with like a lot of right. dark <laughs> beers that I've too. had, and it's only with the like specific. It's only with darker beers mm-hmm. that it's it's not an overwhelmingly metallic taste. It's Almost at like the finish, I go, hmm, <laughs> that's metally for some reason, <laughs> and I don't know why. Somebody on somebody on the internet could probably tell me. Maybe at No Expert Show, tweet at me. <laughs> Someone verified should tweet at you about this. <laughs> so I want to go back to verifying because I'm really mad because <laughs> I run a a Twitter for a business and I try to get it verified because right. I thought, Oh, we've got plenty of information about the business. Mm-hmm. We should just get it verified because then I would kind of legitimize. And I right. went through the whole process. I was like, put in my name, put in the business information, put right. in like, why do you think we should be verified? And it's just like, well, it's business and this is help with legitimacy and help with our presence online and blah, blah, blah. Denied. Don't, don't apply again for 30 days. Did you apply <laughs> to be verified? Um, or did I, Twitter just one day go bloop, flip the switch for you? I think someone applied to me. It might have been someone from like Spin Media or someone like who just like go with like all my stuff. They're mm. like, um, apparently it's like the application process goes as this because I looked through it. Like it obviously, you know, like it wants like a couple of links showing like your work right. or something, like what you do, and like a reasoning why. <laughs> They just put a couple links like my reviews or interviews that are on other sites and picked up, and they're like, "Yeah, you're verified." <laughs> so no one impersonates me, I guess, because yeah. I'm such a highly impersonatable you're such person. A, you're high profile <laughs> influencer. I, yeah, there it is. It's because I'm an influencer. Yeah, you. Uh, you just need to make your company more influential. <laughs> Well, I could be if I was verified, if the company Twitter was verified. There you go. It's chicken and egg. One day, maybe. (laughs) I doubt it. I'll probably not go in there and freaking try to do it again. (laughs) Too much of a hassle. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird that I'm verified. I think it's weird that I'm verified. But sometimes when I scroll through my feed, I'm like, yeah. I see like other people who are verified like making a difference. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, me too. Like major celebrities like who have, you know, millions (laughs) of followers. Like politicians (laughs) or like people like doing like actual like groundbreaking journalism. (laughs) And I'm like, I thought this song was good. (laughs) (laughs) I talked to this musician and this is what he or she had to say. (laughs) So do you, do you follow any uh, of the YouTube Anthony Fantano I don't, stuff, do I can't stand, I, I know what's going on. I can't okay. stand him even before that happened. Is it, so he's probably the biggest music reviewer on YouTube at least. Yeah. He's a very popular vlogger as they want to call it. Right. Um, <clears throat> why don't you like him? I I mean, it had nothing to do with before, like whatever that article Fader posted about his other channel and his alt-right memes. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought he was just shitty. <laughs> like give him credit for like 
um, tapping into like a uncharted territory of like uh, before like with YouTube, like because he did it before like he got he gets all those views, like that makes sense. Like it's smart doing a video review. I just think he's bad at it. <laughs> you still you don't think he's a I good reviewer at all? Not really. I don't. I think. Maybe, like, in the beginning it was okay, but I think he's just become, like, such a gimmick into himself. Hmm. He's, like, trying to, like, hit these certain, like, this is what my fans want me to be like, or this is what I have to say about this album and be, like, relevant. It's, like, I feel like my biggest thing is, like, if the reviewer gets bigger than, like, the thing they're reviewing, that's an issue for me. Like, the story, like, when I write a review, the the t- the, the topic or the what someone should take away from the review is not, like, Drew Beringer wrote it or Drew thinks this. It's like, Oh, this record is good. I should check it out. Yeah. And I think like his, all his personality and his thing that, that like the articles are like about what he's doing. Not like, I can't even tell you the last thing he reviewed or what he said about it. Cause it, it's become all about him. Mm-hmm. So he's like propping his brand on the top of like actual artists who are making something. Yeah. <laughs> so that's always kind of like annoying me about him. Hmm. Interesting, because it's it's it almost goes in parallel with what a lot of stuff is happening in video games journalism. Yeah, where or whatever, like, well, it's it's the the idea of a review is becoming less and less relevant, mm-hmm. and the idea of building a personality and having people go and read their articles based on the person who's writing them right, no, and not. No. So, you know, you're not seeing, you're seeing less and less of, of reviews being this like big headline. I mean, back in the day, like early two thousands, like the IGNs and the games mm-hmm. and the game spots, it was reviews all like every single thing was like review, like every single game was reviewed. And it was like this strenuous, you know, code of you know how many points do you get for graphics how many points do you get for sound how many right. points do you get for story and then and then they would tally it up and it'd be the scientific thing so people could get you know informed mm-hmm. you know buying decisions and now there's so much you know you can go on twitch and watch a game that's coming out you know next week we'll probably see mario and have tons of people oh, playing sure. mario so you can <laughs> see you get a sense of how the game feels there and then right. There'll be people streaming the game on just doing playthroughs and walkthroughs, like not necessarily reviews, but just sort of this is what happens. This yeah. is the game, yeah. like oh, this is good or oh, this is bad, and I kind of like this game. And you're you're watching that content not just for the game, but right. for the personality itself. Right. right. Um, yeah, that's I always like. I agree with that. I think. I mean, I've never tried it. Like when I review, I just try to write about what I think about the record. Like it's turned into like, yeah, people trust me as a reviewer, but like, it's not like my review isn't the story. The story is like, check out this. And it's, yeah, it's kind of like what's going on there too. Cause it's, it's definitely not, I mean, we talked about this with finding stuff. That's the biggest hurdle. Like Mm -hmm. you're with streaming services, you're not helping with like, people with purchase decisions anymore. Right. It's not like you're the one reviewer in a magazine and they can take their $20 and go down to (laughs) the record store and buy like three CDs on a Friday. Right. Right. You're it's, it's literally like I could go and see somebody who's writing a review or like read a review literally seven seconds later, start and play and play that album. Exactly. 
So it's an, it's it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. I I've trying I've been trying to like kind of refine my writing style to a point where I I want to write more about smaller undiscovered type of acts because anyone can write a review about something that's really popular. There's gonna be a hundred reviews on like a David Bowie record or even like this Taylor Swift record. Like there are gonna be billions of opinions on it. So it's like I don't want to write something that just gets like <laughs> lost in the void. Right. I want something like that can be helpful where it's like, oh wow, like Drew wrote about this band X amount of years ago and I really like them. Now he's writing about this band or artist and I should give it a chance because I trust his recommendation. Right. That's, that's kind of like how I've been approaching it ever since I started writing 12 years ago about it. You're creating that story of yourself as a influencer. influencer. <laughs> Liquor clerk. It's <laughs> <laughs> a title right there. Liquor clerk. <laughs> just your hand. Call. What are you, what are you <laughs> unscrewing a light bulb <laughs> or something? Up For here? some reason I'm sitting down in this liquor store. <laughs> Bring the liquor, liquor clerk. <laughs> This is a little trolley over to you. It's like a steakhouse, and they open up the pan, and then they have this vintage that they show you. That one. That one. Medium rare, please. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. How'd you like this beer? I like it, but I I like dark beers, stouty beers. It's my favorite of the three. Your favorite of the three is this one? Yes. I... Yeah, I think I like this one the best. I think that the Tool beer, the second one, was probably a little too mysterious and flat in the sense that... Didn't have a story. Didn't have a story. And Whereas the, the first one's story was, wow, you're sour. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're sour and bubbly. <laughs> and this one probably has more of a story because there's three people's heads on the the label and yeah. there's are those know, their tongues well we i don't know i know like i've heard of will wheaton all i know is like star trek or like star trek adjacent <laughs> it looks like there's a plant that's getting thrust mm. through their mouths i've heard that will wheaton sometimes shows up on the popular situational comedy big bang theory <laughs> no but no we have to close we're canceling the show we can't say that word you can't say that word Sorry, show. That is. You have to put a bunch of little bleeps in it. Bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> that is literally the worst show in existence. Absolutely. But I'd still love to be an actor on it. Nope. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. That's it. I'm done. We're stopping the show. Bye, show. Bye, show. I can't do Big Bang Theory at all. Bazinga! Ever. Jesus Christ. Okay. Bye bye. Bazooper! That's not a thing. Oh,